How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. series ender if the Lakers can pull out the win but you know, we're going to take a look at what each team needs to do so in the Heat case what the Heat will need to do in order to extend the series to a game 6 and then for the Lakers what they'll need to do to you know clinch the championship and win their title then we're also going to take a look at you know, if the series does end game five, who should be the MVP of the finals? So with that, we'll take a look with the Heat. Like I said, they're down 3-1. So at this point, you know, every game is an elimination game for them. But of course, you can't win three games in one game. So they have to take each game as its own entity. So, for, so basically just look at it as game five being a game seven type situation for the Heat, meaning, you know, anybody who is in uniform should be ready to go if they're called. Even if that means you haven't played any other point in the series, but if it comes down to it and you have to go into the game, you have to be ready to just go with it. Because like I said, facing elimination... There's no time to, you know, feel your way into the flow of the game or, you know, have any mental lapses, anything like that. You can't do that because at this point, it's either win or go home for the Heat. So I think the biggest thing for them is they can't, you know, get tight. They have to stay loose. Yes, it's an elimination game, but you can't make it obvious that that pressure looming over your head is affecting your game so you know whatever's worked for you up to this point just continue running that and when you have a shot take it with confidence don't you know don't turn down open shots that you know that you can't make to try to make the perfect play because a lot of times when you do that, you may overpass and then you end up turning down great opportunities for decent opportunities. Or you may end up turning the ball over by overpassing. So with that, you have to make the smart play. Now, you know, you don't want to just come down, take the very first shot that's available. You want to make the defense work. You want to make the Lakers work on defense. And then get a good shot 
without forcing it. Okay, so with the smart play, they have to take care of the ball, make the most out of each possession. Because the last thing you want to do is, you know, go out, get eliminated, and then kick yourselves later on because you turned the ball too many times. That was the reason for you to lose. You want to make it so that if you lose, if, you know, if the Heat lose game five, it has to be because you left everything out on the floor, you know, you did everything you could, and the Lakers just ended up beating you. Uh, next thing, uh, Jimmy Butler. So as we saw in the series, when Butler was aggressive from opening tip in game three, that was their, that's the only game that they won so far in this series. And I thought he was going to continue that in the game four, but oddly enough, especially in the second half, or like in the fourth quarter when it was, you know, winning time, it almost seemed like Butler pulled himself away offensively and was basically just a decoy out there on the court. And Miami can't have that happen, which they obviously saw that game for. You know, it was a six-point game and all that, but at this point, there's no there's no moral victories or anything. It's unless you get the victory, you're out. So Butler definitely has to put pressure on the Lakers' defense. Now, that doesn't even have to mean scoring in general. Um, as long as he can get in to the you know, teeth of the defense... And then from there, he can, you know, make plays around the rim if it's there. Definitely don't force anything down low because, you know, if Anthony Davis is looming around the rim, and we've, I mean, as we've seen in this series, Anthony Davis is a good rim protector. So the last thing you want to do is just go in there, throw up wild layups or, you know, crazy fadeaways, turnarounds and all that, and, you know, just mess up with the flow of the offense. So I'm expecting Butler to go back to game three mode. Now he doesn't have to go with another 40 point triple double, but he has to give them 30 points in this game. You know, like a line of 30 points, maybe like seven, eight assists and seven, eight rebounds. If he can put forth numbers like that, I think he'll have them in a position to win this game. And with that, you know, there's other players who are going to have to step up with him as well. You know, Adebayo is just coming back from the injury. But like I said, at this point, it's an elimination game. Adebayo's just going to have to put it all out there. You know, he's going to have to fight through the pain, which we've been told is what he's doing because... He has a neck strain, shoulder strain. So he's basically playing, going off of, you know, how much pain he can tolerate. So for now, I mean, he should be able to play through it because he'll have the whole offseason to, you know, rest it and do whatever. And then I've said this for the last couple of games, but uh, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, if they can become you know, bigger threats from three, like not just with attempts, but, you know, making a better percentage of them, 
then I think that gives the Lakers something else to play against. I mean, the Lakers have been guarding him out on the three-point line, but they haven't really made them pay yet in the series. Like, I'm waiting for that game where, you know, Hero and Robinson can give them, I guess, between the two of them, like, 40 points or so. So just imagine, if you can get 40 out of Hero and Robinson, you get, like, 30 out of Butler. That's 70 right there. Autobio should give them, you know, between 15 and 20. And then just with those four, if they can get give them that kind of production, then you're not asking so much from, you know, Crowder, Olenek, uh, Kendrick, uh, his last name is escaping, is escaping me right now, but all those other guys can kind of safely work their way into the game and just play their game and not have to feel like they have to pick up for somebody and try to do more than they're capable of. Because, I mean, that is a tendency with some teams where, you know, they start feeling that elimination game, you know, pressure. And then they'll try to do, try to go above and beyond thinking that's what they need to win. Just stay within themselves, you know, uh, let the defense kind of dictate where they take their shots and they'll be fine. And then let's see. Okay, so defensively, the Heat are going to have to force LeBron and AD into tough shots. Don't give up wide open. And then with that, don't just give up wide open shots to Green, KCP, and you know Caruso, Morris, guys like that. So yes, your defensive attention should be towards AD and LeBron. But don't completely forget about the other guys in the court because both guys are capable of finding the open man. And you don't want to give up, you know, wide open layups or, you know, corner threes like that. So I want to see the Heat, you know, defensively playing as one where, you know, if some guy gets into the lane, they can close it off a little bit. But if the pass goes out to the wing or the corner, then those guys are racing out to the line to, you know, at least get a hand in the face of the shooter. They may end up knocking it down anyway, but as long as you have your hand up, then it'll be obvious that, you know, you're not giving anything up. So with LeBron, keep him out of the, well, keeping him out of the lane in general might be tough but make it tough on him don't give him wide open lanes to the hoop where he can you know get an easy layup or a, you know a big uh, dunk because as we've seen as well with this laker team they feed off of lebron and ad's like energy so when those two guys make big plays and they're you know showing a lot of emotion the rest of the players fall in line with that and they, you know, follow them and it, you know, elevates their level of play. So if the Heat can, you know, make it a tough defensive grind it out type of game, I think they'll be fine. 
but it's one thing to let you know LeBron and AD get their numbers. Now I did say for game three or whatever that they couldn't have both those guys get into 30, 30 plus points. I think it has to be the same for game five. If they can repeat what they did there, it might be tough, but I mean, game three, they let, Le- they, you know, LeBron had 25 points, AD at 15. Now, AD at 15 because of foul trouble, but if they can keep both those guys in the 20s, that'll be a definite win for them, and it'll keep them in the game longer. So that's like the four major points for the Heat. Now we're going to look at the Lakers side where, so the Lakers, not to say there's no pressure on them, you know, they're up 3-1, so they technically have three games to get one, but when you have a team down 3-1, you want to end the series right away, because, you know, if you let the Heat win game five, it's 3-2, then there's a little more pressure on you for game six because nobody wants to get into a game seven situation in the finals because as i said a few times on here anything can happen in game seven game sevens are you know a complete world in its own because in game seven it feels like every loose ball every you know ball bounce on the rim every foul is just magnified a hundred times more and certain players can't handle that or they'll try to do too much so for the Lakers this game no added pressure okay you're up 3-1 you clearly have a formula that's worked for you in three out of the four games you just have to continue that play and and if there is a player that is slumping a little bit then somebody has to be there to pick up and maybe do a little more or if it's a added guy off the bench to bring you a little something to kind of counteract that same thing for the Lakers as the Heat I mean you should be looking at game 5 as a game 7 all hands on deck try to end the series now so looking at the series so far the Lakers best offense is their fast break offense So in order to get up on the fast break, you have to force turnovers. In order to force turnovers, you have to be, you have to like turn up the defensive pressure. That means, you know, you're in passing lanes, you're contesting shots at the rim, you're gang rebounding on missed shots. That way you can get the ball out in the wing and turn defense into offense quickly. So for the Heat, the Heat, if they make their shots, they can, you know, keep the Lakers out of transition, force them into half-court basketball. Lakers at times in this series have struggled with their half-court offense. And a lot of times in their half-court offense, that's where they turn to AD to kind of take over and do his thing. Because it seems like Half-court-wise, AD is their best weapon to, you know, get the ball in his hand and for him to create a shot on his own. 
usually in one of his ranges, whether it's down low and, you know, fade away or a quick little up and under move, or if he's pushed a little further out, he can, you know, spot up and take a three, or he can do a quick little one, two dribble, right or left pull up type game. So he has a good half court offensive package and that's why in the half court he becomes the focal point of their offense transition I mean the Lakers have athletes so when Lakers get on transition that's where you know Caruso can get a dunk on the fast break or while the defense is scrambling they can get Danny Green with an open shot from three or KCP on a kickout, or even LeBron and AD getting out ahead of the field and getting easy baskets. Uh, next point, don't let the Heat hang around. The longer the Heat stay in this game, the more confidence the Heat gain that they can force a game six. And with them down 3-1, once the game starts, if the Lakers can get out to a quick early, you know, like 8-0, 10-0 run, then you can kind of, you know, knock down any confidence the Heat had. So Lakers need to get out early, get going, play fast, try to, you know, try to crush the Heat spirit in the first half. Because hopefully, if you can do that, in the second half, you get the heat, uh, you know, pressing a lot. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Shooting shots they don't want to, taking unnecessary threes, and then it can kind of make the game easier for the Lakers on that end. So I guess the biggest thing will be based off of the one game the Heat won. If you watch the game, you may remember what happened, but AD got into early foul trouble, and it seemed like he could never find any rhythm from that point on. So for game five, 80s kind of have to be, it's going to have to be like how Butler was in game three. As soon as the ball was thrown up for the jump ball, the switch turned on. They were automatically in, you know, 100% aggression mode. So I do think with this game, you know, the Lakers may be forced to play half court for a little part of the first quarter 
and as I said a little time ago it seems like they get their best shots in the half court when they give the ball to AD and let AD work on whichever side of the court that he's posting up on and it will be against Autobio so you know just let just let AD do his thing if the Heat do send a second defender towards him he's a good enough passer to find the right man to get it out you know for an open shot or you know kick out and then for them to drive to the rim so 80 is gonna have to be I'd say the best player on the floor for the Lakers to finish out this series now the interesting thing with 80 is I mean, I don't know, know his backstory, but he was basically a point guard most of his life. Then, some point in high school, had a crazy growth spurt. So that's why, as a big man, he can still play like a wing player. Like, he shoots the three with probably more confidence than any big man in the league. And he can play off the dribble. I'd say definitely better than any big man in the league like in terms of shooting the three you know Jokic is pretty good and there's some there's a couple of other ones you know Embiid if he's on is a decent three point shooter um, but yeah 80's better than all of them so with all that laid out you know it's going to be an interesting game you'll probably learn a lot about what you'll be watching probably the first half of the first quarter like if you see if you see Butler you know jawing off at Laker players and and you know he's taking shots he's getting to the free throw line taking the ball to the rim then you'll know that the Heat will probably be in it till the end not to say they'll win but they'll at least be in it if the Heat come out and you see, you know, the ball being stationary on the perimeter, Butler being afraid to take, you know, open well, threes he doesn't really take until the fourth quarter. I think that's part of him understanding that he's not a great three-point shooter, so he doesn't shoot him a lot. But he should be able to take mid-range jump shots. Game four, he left a lot of mid-range shots on the floor. I don't know if he didn't want to take them or he thought maybe it was too early in the shot clock or something. I don't know, but I need Butler to take shots from his areas whenever he can, as long as he's not forcing them. So that's what you need to look for, for the heat-wise. Lakers, once again, by the first half of the first quarter, if you see the Lakers getting out, running in transition then you'll probably know it's going to be a long night for the Heat and also if you see like if you see AD basically getting any shot he wants you know because AD's gone through stretches in this series where he'll make six, seven, eight shots in a row mix in a couple of free throws there as well and go on like 10-0 stretches by himself if AD comes out and does that early on in this game, then you'll probably know that is going to go on one of those games where he shoots a high percentage and 
you know, drops like 35 points in the game, which will probably, which will most likely spell trouble for the Heat. So, I guess another part of this is the way it's looking. The Lakers are going to win the series, whether it's Game Five, Six. I mean, I would say or seven, but if it gets to a game seven at that point, the Heat would have stolen all momentum in the series, and that's going to be another story. But based off the first four games, it's probably expected the Lakers will take it in game five. So the question that I have been thinking about is if the Lakers go out Friday night, it's Friday night at nine is uh, game five. But if the Lakers go out, they're wearing the Black Mamba jerseys, which of course they are, because I believe they're undefeated in the playoffs in the jersey. So why not wear them in a series clincher? But if the series does end Friday night, you know how that goes. There's the confetti that falls from the roof of the building. There's the whole ceremony of the Larry O'Brien trophy coming out. Um, normally they have Bill Russell hand the trophy to the winning team but of course with 2020 and the pandemic Bill Russell's not in the bubble so I believe the reports are that Rachel Nichols will serve in that role whenever the series is decided so let's just play through the scenario so Friday night buzzer goes off Lakers win it confetti falls you know, they get all the hats, T-shirts, everybody's hugging their family. They're, you know, hugging each other and all that. So Rachel Nichols goes up there. She hands over the trophy to, they usually hand it over to the coach first. So Frank Vogel gets it. And then she goes, this, you know, finals MVP is, who should it be? So, you know, this is the point you know, where you're listening. Definitely put a comment if you want of who you would think the MVP would be. I think the MVP should be Anthony Davis. I mean, I'm sure you could argue LeBron, but I just think the way that the series has gone, AD has been too important to the Lakers' success. That I think he deserves to get the the MVP because there's been stretches where you know AD's been on the bench and the Lakers' offense has looked terrible, and that's even with LeBron out there or Rondo out there, you know, guys who are known to get offenses started and putting players in the right position and making the right pass, the right play, and all that, but. What you'll notice from Vogel is when he does sit AD, if the offense gets too stagnant too long, he'll immediately put AD back in. And then what do they do like right away? They make sure they get the ball to AD and then let him do some work because for the most part in this series, the Heat can't really put anybody on him to really, you know, discourage him from any shot that he wants to take so you know LeBron has had his moments where he's you know been unstoppable in this series but 
I feel like AD has had longer stretches of those minutes of anybody. So I do think series ends Friday. AD should be the MVP. I feel like it'd only be right. Now I do know, I guess the, you know, I guess the historical reasons you may want to give it to LeBron. You know, because he's, what is he, 35, going on 36. He's, you know, in the finals, wins it. He's had a good finals, so there will be some, you know, chatter to give it to him. But I definitely think AD has been the best player on the court for the most minutes. If you ask me, that seems like the guy who should be MVP. So, I mean, it will be a great, uh, you know, trophy for AD to get. You know, his first NBA Finals, he's the MVP. It'll definitely change the way that you, you know, look at his standing in the NBA. Which is something that I will uh, talk about when the finals are over, whenever they're over. But, you know, looking at the big names in this series, what do they do? I mean, you're, you're going to hear a lot of legacy talk, but I think too many players in the series are still too young to really start talking that, but we, we can have that discussion. No problem. But, you know, the finals ends, I will have the talk about, you know, how this win affects LeBron. If AD gets the MVP, like I say, that he should, what does that do for, you know, AD's kind of reputation? Then for the Heat, Butler leading the Heat to the finals. What has that done for him? And I'm sure you've heard, you know, the argument 300 times or so. But if the Lakers do win it, of course the talks have to come up with LeBron versus MJ. I know you all have a opinion on that. I'll definitely give mine when the series is over. So there you go. There's a little tease for you for an episode down the line. But you know, taking all that into consideration. Biggest question from this episode is Will the Lakers actually end it Friday night? I mean, the ratings, the ratings for the finals haven't been great. Touched on a little bit last episode. There's several reasons for that. One, probably not the matchup most people wanted in the finals. Understandable. You know, if the Lakers did get there, people would have rather seen Lakers Bucks or, you know, Lakers Celtics before Lakers Heat. I understand that. You also have MLB playoffs going on. So some some cities are still involved. That's probably where their attention is. I don't know, but But yeah, so do the Lakers end it Friday night? I think fortunately they do 
but I say unfortunately not because I didn't pick them to win because before the series I did say Lakers in six so you know, selfishly I'd love to see the Heat win this game take it to a game six have the Lakers win it then then I'd be right but I just think you know the Heat are still beat up it seems like game three took a lot out of them to win that one and I just think that by now they may not have enough left in the tank to you know beat the Lakers wire to wire like they may hang in this game for the first half maybe into the third quarter maybe to start the fourth quarter but I feel like once you get in to like the last five minutes of the game I think that's where the Lakers will not necessarily pull away but make enough plays down the stretch to secure the win win the championship and for the Lakers to get their 17th title as a organization which then ties them with my Boston Celtics for 17 titles and then that can you know, set the course of history for the next few years however it does who knows maybe next year we get Celtics Lakers with the winner looking to break that tie I don't know that's for another episode way down the line but but yeah, I do think the series ends Friday night and the Lakers do win the title. So with that, I guess we can end the episode here. Uh, hope you enjoyed yourself. Hope you enjoyed the topic. If you agree with me, let me know. If you disagree with what I said, let me know that as well. Uh, if you like the episode definitely like subscribe follow depending on where you listen to podcasts uh, as i said i think the last episode podcast is now up on iHeartRadio. so if you choose to listen to it there it's fine so right now you know we're up on iHeartRadio, google podcast apple podcast spotify wherever you listen to them so definitely thank you for tuning in um once again if you did like what you heard you know tell somebody you know about it try to grow the audience you know try to build a audience that's interactive so when i do say leave a comment i do mean that whether it's um twitter at Chomping Podcast, Facebook, I'm chomping at the po- uh, chomping at the bit po- um, podcast page on Facebook. So, thanks again. Be safe. Catch you in the next episode. Oh, I forgot to set up down the line, but the next few episodes will be going NFL as the pandemic has changed the schedule yet again for this week. So we're now going to have Sunday games, two Monday night games again, and we're actually getting a Tuesday game this week. 
So there's going to be a lot to cover there. So thanks again. Catch the next episode. All right. This episode is made possible by PwC. When you put the right tech in the hands of the right people, good things happen. It powers change. It accelerates innovation. It keeps you a step ahead. Our community of solvers brings the right tech to drive real results. It all adds up to the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.